Have you ever found yourself wondering about the role that Canadians played in old-time radio? Well, wonder no more. During the next 60 minutes, we'll delve into the careers of actors, writers, and directors who went abroad to find work, as well as those who stayed right here in Canada. Join me as together we explore Canadians in old-time radio. I'm Devin Wilkins, founder and president of CATRA, the Canadian Old-Time Radio Alliance, and I'm very pleased to be able to share more of Canadians in old-time radio with you. I decided late last week that I was going to play an episode of Jake and the Kid for you this time, and I didn't know then that... Had he still been alive, W.O. Mitchell, the series author, would have been 100 years old this year, on March 13th. He was born in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, and uh, he uh, lived out in that area all his life, and uh, he passed away on uh, February 25th, I had to think about that for a second, February 25th, 1998, at the age of 83, in Calgary, Alberta. His uh, famous novel was Who Has Seen the Wind, and uh, Jake and the Kid was on CBC Radio from 1950 through to 1956. Here's an episode from 1952 from our Made in Canada segment, and it's called Elbow Room. told about our Stuker, how he turned out to be an escaped prisoner. All the city papers had about it, too, but they didn't tell everything. They didn't say a thing about my little Daisy 22 rifle, and I'm going to tell it right, so I'm going to tell about that 22. The place, Crocus, Saskatchewan. Lying like a bead in a mail-order necklace in that branch line of the CPR that supports also the towns of Disraeli, Broken Shell, Tiger Lily, Conception, Khartoum, and Bunting. The time, recently. The principal characters, Jake and the Kid, played by John Draney and Billy Richards. And here, as the second episode in a new series of radio plays by the Canadian writer W.O. Mitchell, is the story, Elbow Room. Crocus. He's Mayor of Crocus. 
Today I went into town with the eggs and to get groceries. The gun was in the window. Look, look, Ma, there it is. Just what I've been wanting. There's something in that window I've been wanting, too, son. That cream separator. No, the gun. The 22. There. Between the gopher poison and that team hunt. I see it. I see it. Little Daisy. Uh, repeater. $9.95. $10 is a lot of money, especially at seeding time. That old cream separator of ours isn't going to hold out much longer. $9.95. It's only $9.95. That's $10, son. And I know it looks pretty to you. So does that cream separator to me. Can't touch off a gopher with a cream separator. Perhaps not. But I'm willing to wait for my cream separator, if you're willing to wait for your gun, till harvest. You mean, maybe I, I can have it then. Perhaps. It's sure it's a long time to wait. Yes, it is a long time to wait. Next week, Jake, he got the tractor out. Summer fallow was bare naked and steamy under the sun. I rode behind Jake after four, with the crows calling after us all over the south quarter. Jake's our hired man. He's kind of old and not very big, but he's supple and spry as anything. Jake, he's been everywhere and he's done everything. He's a Boer War veteran and he's World War veteran. The first one, why, in 1885, before the railroad was even built through Crocus, before there was a town of Crocus. I stood on Cut Knife Creek, chief pound maker on one side of me, big slashing fella in the bridge clout, cheeks and chest right to his belly button, all streaky with war paint. Louie on the other side of me, tall, hungry looking fella, Louie Riel, wore a rabbit foot fob to his watch chain. I guess I'm the only living human being ever wrestled Louis Riel three times in a row and come out of it alive. When he said I didn't wrestle fair, why, I didn't say a word. I just tied one hand behind my back and I took him on again. The third time. I wrestled him right down. Flat on his back. Made him say uncle three times. Once in English, once in French. Once in Blackfoot. All summer I remembered what Ma said about me getting that 22 when thrashing time rolled around. We got rain when we needed her. Halfway through August, she really got hot. Hot and still. So still, the, the gopher squeaking sounded not right. Like folks whispering in church. Jake got out the binder and started cutting on the 25-acre field. If only she didn't hail. My little Daisy 22 was in that crop. Bing, got you. Bing, got you too. Bing, bing, bing. Got you, McGee, McGaw, caw, caw. Three dead crows on a dead man's chest. Hey, Jake! Jake! Lunch, Jake! Hi, kid. Uh, 
How's school? All right. Miss Hinchpaw. Never you... mind, never mind. Hearing about Miss Hinchpaw ain't going to improve my lunch none. I'm getting to be a pretty good aimer. Coming from the house, I touched off 14 gophers, a weasel, and three crows. Did you now? Yep. She's a real good rifle, that dandy daisy. <clears throat> you mean the one you ain't got yet? The one I'm going to get. Look here, you ain't going around with a safety catch off, are you? Well, she's on. Keeping her oiled? Yep. What kind of ammunition are you using? Longs or shorts? Longs. Uh, well, uh, we got just about enough time for one game of Indian patrol. Hmm. I'll count to 100. You skin out. Okay, Jake. One, two, three. Oh, just a minute, Jake. Huh? What's the matter? You're lying on my gun. Huh? Oh. What? <coughs> Four, five, six, seven. Patrol is a game Jake and me made up, and it's a good one. Well, one of you counts while the other hides, and the other tracks the other one till he finds them. I lit up over the stubble and ducked under the barbed wire and got through the windbreak, and I ran and ran. Jake come far away, and the wind whispering in the grass around me. person feels very sort of peaceful lying on their back under a whole lot of sky. I could hear the wind going like, like one you blow on tissue paper. She was kind of numb out there, like, like the prairie bumped its funny bone. Rolled over careful onto my stomach and... across the grizzly. It, it's worse, Jake. A dead man there on the ditch. All right, all right. Uh, take it easy. Take it easy, kid. We'll just take a look at him. Well, now, this ain't no corpus delicious. Some harvester taking a nap. Save me going into crocus to get us a stooker. Uh, so we'll, uh, pay the going wage and your board. You, uh, you ever harvested before? Oh, I... Why, uh, not for a long time. Ah, look like you got tallow on you. Take her easy for a couple of days. Uh, where's your roll? I haven't it. I left it behind in town. No blankets? Razor? Gloves? Nothing? Afraid not. Well, guess we can fix you up... Uh, you go on up to the house with the kid. Tell your ma to get the bunkhouse swept out and move the cot out. Okay, kid. Jake. So there was how we got our stooker. Night after his first day of stooker, and I was sitting in the kitchen with Jake. Ma, she was making up the cream and egg accounts. Time for bed, son. Morning comes early. All right, Ma. How, how's he doing, Jake? Oh, not so good. All day just to set up one skimpy corner of stooks. He sure is polite. You should have seen the way yet. Eight, son. Eight. You should have. He's just as neat an eater as you, Jake. We you lean way over and don't drop nothing, anything on the oilcloth? Five minutes. I'll just see if there's anything he needs for the night. Okay, Ma. Jake. Huh? 
Uh, gonna keep them, Jake? How many pints in the quart? What? How many pints in the quart? Two. But I asked. How many quarts in a gallon? Four. I was wondering. Him not, not being so good a stoker. I was wondering if you're Three, you're gonna keep them. Four. What are you figuring out, Jake? Hey, what are you figuring out? Twenty-seven five hundred gallon barrels. What off? What off? Why? Tea. Tea? Yeah. With cream and sugar. I don't get what you're figuring out. I finally figured her out. If your ma's fifty now and yeah. she started up drinking <coughs> tea when she was fourteen, then she's drunk twenty seven five hundred gallon barrels of tea. Enough to fill the cow pastures, Lou. Huh. Well, what do you think of our stoker? I don't know, Jake. Awful quiet. When I stopped the binding near him, he ain't sociable at all. I think after a fella been alone with all them stooks, he'd want to talk to somebody. Does he act kind of snooty with you? Well, I haven't been around him so much. Except for being so close, he seems like a nice sort of fella. Guess it ain't so easy to be sociable when your back's giving you H. Gonna keep him, Jake? Oh, I don't know. See how he does tomorrow. I'll take some time off after morning chores and show him a few tricks. After Jake showed him, our stooker didn't do so bad the next day. Sure was a bear for punishment. You should have seen what the twine did to his hands. I guess it was the way he acted about those blisters made Jake keep them on. Didn't let on they hurt him at all. He still acted funny. Like Jake said. He answers you all right, but it's like he's thinking over every word before he says it. Yeah, like, like there's something bothering him, Jake. Yeah. Sometimes he stops stooking and he stands in the field bareheaded, bundle under each arm, staring out to where the sky drops over the horizon. Looks kind of lost. Like he never seen prairie before. Like it scares him. Prairie's scary. Yeah. Enough to give a gopher the heartburn. One day we were all having lunch in the field together. After his cake, Jake reached for the tea jar and took a couple of swigs and handed it to the stooker. Jake wiped off his mouth with the back of his hand. Yeah. Yeah, sure, uh hot one this afternoon. Reminds me of the day I got throwed from my horse during the Boer War. Yeah. I lay there on the bald-headed prairie, South Africa, only there's a funny thing. They always called it felt. South Africa felt. I lay there on the South Africa felt without food nor water. Busted my leg when I got throwed, you see. And say, I got thirsty. My tongue swole up so as I could hardly get my breath around it. Cracked. Just like summer fella after four years drought. <clears throat> well, then, one day I seen a crick. I, uh, didn't see before. I starts crawling toward her. When I got no further away than that there, Stook... I seen a dead boar, and I keeps right on going till I get to the creek. I fill my hat, and I'm just going to have my first drink of water in two weeks when this here boar, which I thought was dead, 
He lifts up his head and he hollers, Water! Water! And I says, Here, I says, Get this, India. You need it worse than what I do. Gee, Jake, that's just like Sir Philip Sidney and her fourth grade reader. In the Boer War, that was? Ah, uh, yep. Nineteen oh two. Uh, yep. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah, she was in art too. All right. Yeah. Glad to meet you again. Huh? I said, glad to meet up with you again. Never thought I'd get a chance to thank you for that water. I was that wounded boy. Uh, you, the fella I give the water. To... Kid, you better take that jug back and get it filled. Take it down to the barley. We, we're moving there in an hour. In a couple of days, Jake got over being mad at the stoker for pulling his leg. Live and let live, Jake always said. Then one night, I went out to the well. She was real dark. Windmills clanking. Hello. Oh. Hello. Hello there. Seen Jake? No. Uh, no, I haven't. Lonely sound, isn't it? Uh-huh. Like it grabbed the stillness around itself. Guess it must seem funny to a fellow who isn't used to it. What was that? Oh. Huh. Didn't have none of them things in the East End when I was a kid. Don't let nobody ever tell you you ain't lucky, kid. Lucky? Yeah. Once I seen a fly in a sort of yellow glass. Used it for holding down papers. A fly was in the center. It was on this desk in a house where I... Uh, in a... what you might call... An office. Was it dead? Yeah. It was dead. It was dead. I'd sure hate to be that fly if it was alive. And I was a fly. Sure is a lonely sound. Yep. That's because they don't go in packs. Who don't? Coyotes. Prairie wolves. They don't go in packs, you know, like timber wolves. So I guess they must be lonely. I get lonely, too. Out in the prairie at night. Sometimes you get so quiet you, you feel left dangling. Like you were the, the only person in the whole world. As the wings of an angel Over these prison walls I would fly I would fly to the arms of my sweetheart and there I'd be willing to die. Now, ain't that a creepy sound? Sure is. Thought that last note would throw you. <clears throat> I meant the coyote howling. Oh. <sighs> Reminds me of a fella, though. Caught him a coyote pup. Fella name of uh, Parsons. Lived in the Kickin' Lake district. Perch Parsons. Short for Percherin. Big feet. 
he had the biggest... He caught him this coyote pup, and he trained it. To fetch for him? Nope. To sing. Oh. Yeah. Used to point his nose to the moon, back on his haunches, nights like this. Sing. Yeah. Tenor. Used to be real nice the way that coyote perches and take the high note harmony whilst the others out in the prairie would take the melody. Real nice. Just a sort of, uh, no, no real tunes, mind you. Oh, no. Just a sort of, sort of harmonizing. Uh, kid, getting late. Okay, Dick. Nice night. Mm-hmm. Still night, just like this, except there wasn't any moon before Vimy. I remember just before we went over the top, a fella come up to me, and he said, uh, say, uh, you wasn't at Vimy, too, was you? No, I wasn't there. I was just telling the kid here, this is the way for a kid to grow up. Out here, with elbow room, where the deer and the antelope play. Guess an antelope gets a bang out of all this, this space out here. Never had a chance to ask one. They do. They do. From then on, our stuker was the same as anybody else. And he was fun. I told him all about the little Daisy 22 Maud promised me. He played Indian Patrol with I and Jake all the time. Then one morning, just at the end of Stugan, Ma sent me over to Cinchers to borrow Mr. Cinchers' flat iron. Why, sure, if you'll just sit down and have a glass of buttermilk till I hear the news. At four o'clock this afternoon, local time, two of the three men were captured. The third is still at large, and the two-province-wide hunt, now in its fourth week, goes on. It is reported that he is wearing a brown leather jacket and dark pants. He has gray eyes, weighs 165 pounds, is 5 feet 10 and 1 half inches in height. This man is wanted. Well, that's two of them, Dom. No telling where those fellows might be. Harvest time, strangers floating through. Yeah, ain't slept easy for weeks now. Oh, here's that flat iron, dearie. And I ain't gonna sleep till I get the other. Why, Miss Tocold, she just insisted their thrashers all had to be young fellows from Crocus District. Said she wasn't having any escape convicts. Mr. we haven't had our radio. Jake hasn't had time to go in since, since we took it to get fixed. We didn't know there were any escaped prisoners. Oh, why, there was... Boy, there's... There's a picture of them in yesterday's paper. Yeah, all three of them. Just a minute now. Yeah. Here. Uh, this one... He's... This is the... They ain't... Uh, haven't caught this one yet? That's right, dearie. <laughs> Yay! 
what's up, kid? Jake, I found it something awful. Did you now? How about taking an armful of that there kindling into your mouth for me? Uh, Jake, our stoker's an escaped prisoner. Sure he is. And I'm Tommy Douglas. Your ma's waiting for that kindling. Oh, Go escape. on now. I, I just heard it on Tinter's radio. Then in the paper, three of them got away and the Mounties caught too. But the third one's still loose. And he's our stoker. How, how, uh, what, what makes you so sure? Well, it's, it's our... the paper, Jake. His picture's in the paper. <clears throat> Look like him? Just like him. Um. <clears throat> Ain't that wine dot got the damnedest walk? Lifting her feet real careful, like she had elastics stretched between her legs. I, uh, I guess he's our stooker, all right. Ever since I heard him say boar for boar, I knew there was something funny about him. I felt her in my bones. Now we know what we're going to do. <clears throat> Better get that kindling into your maw. But, but he isn't like a real criminal, Jake. Don't know. When I met a nicer fella. But she's got to be dead. Got to turn him in. But, Jake, he doesn't act like a dangerous Maybe criminal. he don't, but he's still wanted. Like and take we... that night by the pump house when he said I was lucky to be a farm kid. Sure, sure, I heard him, but he's still a well, criminal. Except for and... now, he isn't a dead fly anymore. We can't turn him in, Jake. Well, why can't we keep him here? I and... don't see how we can do it. She's got to be dead, and that's all there is to it. We gotta do what's right. Only wish it wasn't us had to do it. That's all. But well, we can't. I, I don't want to turn. Sometimes up. when you well, got well. a tough nut to crack, another fella can help. Oh. Why, uh. Why. Maybe you got something there. Uh, I and the kid got us into a sort of jackpot. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What sort of a jackpot? Why, uh, well, supposing you knew a fella, and, uh, supposing, well, this fella was uh, a lot like a dog that's all the time tied up. Mean, tricky. Couldn't turn your back on him for fear he'd do for you. This guy's been tied up? Yeah. Where he hailed from, there wasn't no elbow room. Real stuffy. When he was a little fella, he didn't get a chance to breathe right. But he, uh, he got himself a job, stooking. And out there, on all that prairie, with all that horizon, and all them stooks under all that sky, he started in wondering. First time in his life, he got a chance to take a look at himself. And he wasn't so fussy about what he seen. He felt pretty sick. He felt so sick he wished he'd never been born. Then one night when the chores was all done and the pigs had quit hollering and she was real quiet... Why, well, this fella did some more thinking. 
from that night on, he ain't been the same fella. He ain't been like a dog, all the time tied up. I, uh, I and the kid, we, we don't know when we met a nicer fella. That's your jackpot? Yep. Yep. That ain't so tough a nut to crack. The boys that want the Stuker, they, uh, they want to take him away. Yep. Where there ain't any elbow room. Well, it ain't going to be the same fella they take back with them. There's more than one way to be free. That's the way you got her figured out? He may kick himself for it later on. But maybe it can be worked so it looks like he give himself up. Sooner he'll be out for good. Suits me and the kid. It took the Mounties about 15 minutes to get to our place after Jake phoned. Wasn't any shooting. I listened at the kitchen door, but I didn't hear a thing. Afterwards, Jake said, Stuker saw him coming. Just dropped the bundle he was holding, said good afternoon to him, kind of like they was crop inspectors, and this was his field they come to take a look at. He held out his hand. Looking at those handcuffs, I wasn't so sure we'd done the right thing, turning them in. Only saw them through the kitchen window, but they made me feel kind of funny in the stomach. I was on the back stoop washing up for supper when Jake got back. I wasn't walking so spry. He had a parcel under his arm. Hello, Jake. Kid. Here. Here's your little daisy. Thanks, Jake. Gee, thanks for getting it for me. I didn't. Our Stuker did. I just looked at Jake. Stood there with a little Daisy 22 in my hand. Felt kind of sick again. Elbow Room, Episode 2 in the series Jake and the Kid by W.O. Mitchell, fiction editor of McLean's Magazine. John Draney was Jake, Billy Richards the Kid. The Stuker was played by Michael Caine, Ma by Claire Murray, and Mrs. Tincher by Beth Lockerbie. Music by Morris Certain. The program was produced in the CBC's Toronto studios. Next Tuesday, Mr. Mitchell tells the truth about the day Jake made her reign, in which the power of faith is put to a striking test.
Elwood Glover speaking. This is the Trans-Canada Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Next, from our Canadians Abroad segment, I have an episode of Blondie for you. Now, usually when you think of Blondie and old-time radio, you think of Penny Singleton. But another person who played Blondie, uh, I guess both before and after Penny Singleton, was Anne Rutherford. And she was a Canadian, and uh, she uh, was uh, also involved in uh, the Eddie... Bracken story, and I do have an episode of that that I'll play for you someday. This episode of Blondie is one that I don't have a date for, but it's called The $2,000 Fly. Ah, uh, 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 don't touch that dial. Listen to... <laughs> Sunday afternoon is the time for a man to relax, do a little reading, and make his plans for the week. In the Bumstead home this Sunday, Dagwood is relaxing, reading, and so far hasn't made a single plan for the coming week. Dagwood, you've been reading the Sunday paper for two solid hours. Well, you've been knitting all the time, dear, just doing knitting. But I can talk while I knit. Yeah, the last time I talked to you while you were knitting... You made a sleeveless sweater with an extra armhole over my stomach. (laughs) Well, anywhere, we should stop reading and talk with me a little. Now, Blondie, dear, in the Sunday paper is a great American institution. It has lots of valuable information in it. (laughs) Look at this big story in the magazine section. Look at this. Well, that's an interesting title anyway. Mm -hmm. How to get a million dollars without stealing it. Yeah. Yeah, listen to this. The world is the richest place you could be. Where else could you be? Yeah. Man is surrounded by endless and untold wealth. And it all belongs to somebody else. Hey, let me see the rest of it. Yeah, here. Let's see. There's, the seas are filled with billions of dollars worth of gold. All you have to do is find out how to recover it. Bend a piece of wire into something useful, and society will reward you with millions. Says the earth is carpeted with valuable flowers and plants, and the air teems with rare insects. Some of them worth a year's salary to a working man. Yeah. Uh, look, look here. Look at they that. have photographs of some of the rare yeah. insects and plants in full color. Look at that. Ah, uh, Blondie, they just couldn't make that up, you know. I guess you're right. Uh, Blondie. Yes, dear. Would you be mad at me if I became a millionaire? Huh? <laughs> Maybe. But I'd get over oh, it. Good. <laughs> I think I'll go down to my workshop in the basement right now. What for? I'm going to get to work on my first million. Say, Mom, where's Pop? He's down in the basement, Alexander. You mustn't disturb him. Why, is he sleeping? (laughs) No, he's busy making a million dollars. Gosh, again? Well, he read an article in the Sunday paper that said every man can be a millionaire, and now he wants to be one. Maybe we'll all be rich tomorrow. I'm glad that article didn't say every man could jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. We might all be orphans tomorrow. I know. Where is the Sunday paper? In the living room. Cookie, let's take it up to my room and look at it. Maybe we'll make our first million before Pop does. 
You see, I just bent a little piece of wire into something that's useful, so society will reward me with a million dollars. Now, when you look at it like this, it's a hairpin. That's an awfully big hairpin. Yeah, but turn it this way and it's a barbecue fork. <laughs> well, well, will wonders never cease. What's this little gadget on it? Oh, that's a special invention. Yeah, it's so you can scratch your feet without taking your shoes off. <laughs> Dagwood, yeah. I don't think society is ready for that yet. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to. Uh, oh, wait a minute, Blondie. There's a fly in the room. Oh, wait till I get a magazine and I'll kill it. Now be careful, Dagwood. Somebody always gets hurt when you start one of those big game hunts. Yeah, look out. Look out, look out, Blondie. Aha! He's on the lens. Hey, hey, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Look at him. Yeah. He looks like one of the rare insects in that newspaper story. Oh, go on. No, 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 no kidding. Shh, don't scare him away. Look, look, look at that. He's got a green head, blue legs, a yellow body, yeah. and red wings. My, oh, boy, my oh, boy. David, you're right. This is the rarest insect in the world. How rare? About $2,000 oh. rare. I'll go right out and get an empty jar. Keep your eye on Yeah, I am, Blondie. What's he doing now? Eh, washing his feet. <laughs> hey, now, 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 look, he's sort of polishing his wings. I hope he doesn't polish off any of that $2,000. Here's the jar, Dagwood. Okay. See if you can catch him in it. Now, don't hurt him. Yeah. Be okay. careful. Here goes now. Yeah. I guess you're really convinced now that he's a real valuable fly, aren't you, huh? No, but we can't afford to take any chances The $2,000 a fly. Yeah. Oh, here he comes, dear. Oh, there he goes, dear. Oh. Here, fly. Come on, fly. <laughs> Blondie, how do you call a fly? Oh, well, maybe a buzz. A buzz? Well, I'll try anything once. Buzz, buzz. <coughs> I broke my buzzer, I think. <laughs> Come here, here, fly. Come on, little flyzy-wizy. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Over there. Huh? Over there by the door. Holy smoke, he's crawling under it. He'll get away. Blondie, I'm going to chase him. But, Dad, what? He, he probably really isn't the fly you were reading yeah, about. Yeah, there he goes. I'll see you later. Here, fly! Here, fly! Oh, doggone it! He keeps just out of my reach. Hey, fly! Let's both of us rest for five minutes, then start all over again, huh? Oh, he's going into a house now. Oh, yeah. It's Mr. Dithers' house. Oh, boy, now I'll get him. Oh, here's, I got him. I got him. I got him in a jar. Two thousand red and green dollars with blue feet. Oh. Look, Cora. I found him lying in the front room, holding a fruit jar in his hand. Julius, he looks like he's half dead. He looks the same way at the office. <laughs> Mom said, wake up. Uh, Julius, don't slap his face so hard. Well, I gotta bring him to, and I might as well enjoy myself. <laughs> <sighs> oh, hello, Mr. Diddy's. Hello, 
Mrs. Dithers. Dagwood, stop shaking my hand and tell me what happened. Yeah, what? Oh, excuse me. Well, I... Phew, I fell down and I was too weak to get up. I chased a fly all the way from my house to your house. You chased a fly all the way over here? Yeah. Bunk said, isn't that carrying a personal grudge too far? <laughs> no, I... I was trying to capture him, Mr. Dithers. I don't see how you did it. After all, this fly has a bigger brain than you. Well, he's worth more money than I am, too. This fly happens to be worth $2,000. I wouldn't give you two cents for it. Mm. Not even if he could dance on the ceiling and write out Arthur Murray in smoke. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but just look in the jar, see? It has a green head and blue legs, a yellow body and red wings. Look at it. So what? I've got a sport coat just like it. Yeah. But this is the rarest insect in the world The goomus fly The hummus fly? The goomus fly <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, Bob says You don't expect me to bite on that one uh, Well, don't worry, I'm taking it home and if, and if you don't believe it's worth that much Just look in the magazine section of the Sunday paper Oh, sure uh, Well, so long And thanks for the use of your house uh, It's a wonderful fly trap <laughs> Blondie, I got it. Oh, good for you, Dagwood. Yes, sir. There he is, the good old goomus fly. Blondie, you know something? You're looking at $2,000. Mm-hmm. Say, mm-hmm. hey, Dagwood. Uh, the fly may be worth $2,000. Yeah. But who's going to pay that for you? Hey, 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 that's right. Who is going to buy it? I wouldn't pay that for a little fly. But... Say, why don't you call the paper and ask them who wants it? Uh, oh, okay, that's a good idea. After all, they said somebody wanted it. Sure. Yeah, and I'll also tell them that uh, if they want to interview a couple of celebrities, the fly and I will be home all day. again, Mom. I'll get it, but it's probably for you, Dagwood. Yeah, okay, then you get it, dear. Boy, it's been ringing all day. Ever since that story about your catching the fly was in the morning's paper. Hello? Yes, just a minute. Uh, who's it for, dear? It's for you, Frank Buck. Thanks, dear. Hello? Hey, this is Bring Him Back Alive in a Jar Bumstead speaking. <laughs> huh? What? Oh, <laughs> oh, Sure. Oh, okay, yeah. I'd be glad to see you, Professor. Oh, yes, thank you very much. Goodbye. Who was it, Dagwood? Well, a professor from some college. He's interested in the fly. I hope he brings the money to buy it. Oh, there's the door again. Maybe you oughtn't to let anybody else see the fly for a while. Uh, Why, Alexander? Oh, gosh, I don't know, Pop. I might look at it so hard they wear it off. (laughs) I don't think that's likely to happen. Oh, sir. Oh, Open that door, you fly break. I, 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 I think it's Mr. Dithers. Well, I think I'll go upstairs and read for a while. Yeah, I'm coming, Mr. Dithers. I'll open the door, Dagwood. Come in, Mr. Dithers. Thank you. What did you want, Mr. Dithers? I wanted to have a little friendly talk with Deadwood in private. <laughs> well... Excuse me. I think I'd better take the Goomas fly along with me. Oh, Blondie, don't you trust me? Yeah, what do you think, Mr. Dithers? <laughs> I think not. 
Bump said old Buddykins. I just came over to see how our fly was doing. Oh, it's just fat, fat, our fly. Well, after all, it's really my fly. Mm. You caught in my house, and anything that's in my house belongs to me. Mm. I was there, and I don't belong to you, Mr. Dennis. (laughs) (laughs) Only because I don't want you. Now, hand over that fly. Nothing doing. I wouldn't part with that fly any more than he would part with his goomas. Bumpsy, I'm going to give you one more chance. I don't want it. Okay, you're fired. Okay, send my two weeks pay over in the morning. I can't afford it, so you're hired again. Thank you, but I want a raise. Nothing doing. Okay, I quit. Fine, now you don't get the two weeks pay. Yeah, how'd I get mixed up in (laughs) this? I don't care. I'm going to... I'm going to be a millionaire anyway. That's all right with me. Because that fly is mine. And I'll sue you for every speck you've got. <laughs> oh. Oh, Mr. Dithers, it's you again. Yes. Bumstead, this is my final offer. Give me a half interest in that fly and I'll hire you back again. Here's my final answer. Ha-ha! Goodbye now. <laughs> Bumstead, this is my final, final offer. Make me an offer. (laughs) Beat it before I stick the dogs on you. That's the best offer I've had today. Hey, Mom. What is it, Alexander? There's a man coming up the front lawn. He's wearing a beard. Oh, bet it's Mr. Dither's wearing a disguise. Oh, boy, will I fix him. Watch what happens when I pull that beard off of him, oh, boy. Now, be careful, dear. Don't worry. How do you do? I'm from the Nature History Museum, and I am Professor Gustav Hegelmeyer. Yeah, and I'm Professor Einstein. A pleasure to meet you, Professor, but you don't look like your picture. Yeah, well, I've dyed my hair. (laughs) Just like that you've glued on this beard. Oh, 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 my. Excuse me, Professor. I'm Mrs. Bumstead. You are married to this man here? Yes. What a pity, a nice young girl like you throwing away her life. I'm awfully sorry, Professor, about... I don't blame you. Uh, Well, you see, I, I thought you were somebody else, Professor. I could be. Won't you come in? Thank you. Where, where is the goobies fly? Yeah, it's over on the table in that jar there. Well, I guess now we'll find out the fly isn't really the goomas fly. That's just what I was oh, thinking. Oh, it's a real thing, all right. Mr. Bumstead, do you have my glasses? No. That's funny, neither do I. <laughs> but no matter, I can see well enough. Oh, yes, yes, it is the Goomis fly. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, my goodness. Not really. Gosh, I still don't believe it. Yeah, well, I know it. I know it all the time. Oh, yes, yes, it has the blue legs, the yellow body, the red wings, and the green head. No other fly in the world can make that statement. (laughs) I guess not, no. Uh, Professor... Are you quite sure that this is a goomis fly? Positive. There is no question about it. You see, the goomis fly was discovered by my old friend, Johann Sebastian Goomis. <laughs> he named it for his wife, Elsa. <laughs> but, 
If it's called a Goomis fly, how could it be named for his wife, Elsa? Yeah. Elsa Goomis, of course. Yeah. Yeah, but Fester, uh, uh, just where in Africa was a Goomis fly found, huh? Oh, what a question. That's like asking, where was the horse fly found? Well, naturally, the horse fly was found on a horse, but where was the Goomis fly found? Where is on my friend Goomis? <laughs> Should we take care of it, Professor? I'm beginning to worry about it now. Well, Mrs. Bumstead, since the fly comes from Africa, yes. I suggest you put it in a warm container with wet moss and leaves for food and keep it down. Oh, we'll do that. Yes. And who knows? This fly might give out the mating call and zoom, you might have another Goomis fly. <laughs> oh, no. $2,000. Come on, Blondie. This fly is going to have a little bit of Africa right here on Shady Lane Avenue. Even if I have to play the jungle tom-toms myself. Well, there. The fly certainly ought to be happy now. Yeah. Large fish bowl and plenty of moss and nice green leaves. Yeah, and this perfume atomizer with warm water in it. You see, that, that makes the air nice and moist. Yeah. Just like Africa. Squirt them a little more, Dr. Livingston. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah, well, here goes. Oh, holy smoke. What's the matter, Dad? Look, look, look at what's happening to our goomis fly. Oh, oh, we're cooked, sis. You said it, brother. Oh, my goodness. All the color's coming off of him. Yeah, look at that. The, the goomis is washing right off of him. And it looks very suspiciously like watercolor. Alexander Bumstead? I cannot tell a lie, Mother. I did it with my little watercolor set. I I painted the fly. And I helped him. You helped him? What did you do? I held the fly. (laughs) And all this time we thought we had a very valuable fly. Oh, Alexander. I'm awful sorry, Pop. I didn't think it'd get to be such a big thing. I saw the same article in the Sunday paper. I just painted a horse fly to look like the Goomis fly. Well, why didn't you tell us sooner, Alexander? I feel like I just lost $2,000. Gosh, I wanted to tell you, but I don't know. I never could do it at the right time. Mr. Dinners was making such a fuss about it, and then the professor... Hey, 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 wait a minute. Have you got an idea, Dad? Oh, and how? Alexander... I'll forgive you if you paint the fly again. Now, Dagwood, what are you going to do? I'm going to call Mr. Githers and do a little horsefly trading right now. <laughs> ah, I hate myself when I get these fiendish ideas. <laughs> you to call up Blondie and tell her you think I'm entitled to at least half of that Goomis fly. In that case, I know the half you ought to get. <laughs> that fly isn't yours and you know it. I know, but I want to chisel in on it a little. Oh, I'll get it. Oh, why, it's Dagwood. Hello, Dagwood. Uh, hello, Mrs. Dithers. Hello, Mr. Dithers. Mom said you swindler. Yeah? You ingrate. You outgrates. You downtrodden upstart. You gibbering, jabbering jackass. Yeah. <laughs> Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. 
Right, J.C. I have been ungrateful. You've always been so swell to me. I'm ashamed of myself for catching the rarest fly in the world and not offering to share it with you. I hate myself. I hate you, too. <laughs> oh, Julius, let him go on. He can't be in his right mind. Why not? Because he said so many nice things about you. <laughs> Mr. Dinners, you've been a real pal to me And I'm going to give you a half interest in the pie Oh, thank you, Daddy. Oh, I feel so awful about the way I've treated you, Mr. Dinners. I just don't care what happens to the other half of the pie Well, maybe you'd like to sell your half to me Oh, no, it's worth quite a bit And it wouldn't be fair to take that much money from you All right, all right I'll offer you less than it's worth, then it, Okay, <laughs> okay Then how much? It's worth 500. I'll give you 250. 150. I mean, uh, 350. 200. 250. 100. Sold. <laughs> well, maybe I'm wrong, but that was the darndest bidding I ever heard. Well, let's go right over to your house. I want to see it first. Okay, but don't forget your checkbook. <laughs> said, how do I know this Goomis fly is the real McCoy? We knew you'd think of that, Mr. Diddy. Yeah, so we asked an authority to come over and prove it to you. Uh, oh, Professor Hegelmeyer. Be here, Mr. Bumstead. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Diddy, this is Professor Gustav Hegelmeyer. Of the Natural History Museum, Hegelmeyer. Yeah, well, I... <laughs> Glad to know you, Professor Hegelmeyer. Thank you. I'm glad to know me also. <laughs> Professor, is this fly Bumstead has really a Goomis fly? There is no question about it. Then how the dickens can you tell the difference? Maybe it's just an ordinary fly. There is always one sure way to tell the Goomis fly. Really? How? Well, you know how the ordinary house fly is all the time washing his feet? Yes. The Goomis fly is never washing his feet. <laughs> then how does he keep them clean? He don't walk in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, sure, it is ridiculous. This is a scientific joke, Mr. Dizzards. Well, this Goomis fly better not be a joke or Bumstead will regret the day he caught it. Hey, here you are. Here you are, Mr. Dizzards. Here's your bow. And there, look at that. The little Goomis fly. Look at him. Oh, isn't he pretty? He couldn't be prettier if he were hand-painted. Yeah, not possibly. The beautiful specimen. Yeah. Well, I'll believe him now. Just think, the most valuable fly in the whole world. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, Mr. Dithers, don't forget about that check. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, I forgot to give it to you. Yeah. How could it have slipped my mind? Oh, I'll bet it was easy. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> uh, here you are, Dagwood, $100. Oh, thanks, J.C. I hope you and the fly will be very happy, Mr. Dithers. You bet we will. I'm going to make a nice, juicy profit on him. Yeah, well, look out for that chair, Mr. Dithers. Oh! oh. <laughs> Are you all right, Mr. Dithers? Never mind me. Where's the fly? Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, it went out the door. Back to Africa. I don't yeah, know. Here, Goomis, wait for me. Here, <laughs> 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 
Yeah. And all that money. Bunk said, I think you put that chair there deliberately. No, 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 I didn't, Mr. Ditties. Two thousand dollars. Gone out the window. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I can't stand to hear a man cry. Give Mr. Ditters his money back, Dagwood. Huh? Well, uh, couldn't I watch him squirm just a little bit more? <laughs> Dagwood. Okay. Okay. Well, here you are, J.C. Oh, Dagwood. Yeah. Blondie. Thank you so much. And, Dagwood, you're back on the payroll again. Oh, thanks, Mr. Dillis. And I'm glad to give you back the $100. I keep pretending. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a real Goomis fly. We like you too much, Mr. Dillis. We never would have cashed your check. I know you wouldn't have. I was going to stop payment on it anyway. Blondie Show was heard in the United States over NBC, the national broadcasting company, and has been rebroadcast for our servicemen and women overseas by the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. If you've enjoyed the shows you've heard during the past hour, be sure to tune in again next week, same time, same station, when once again, we'll listen to programs that are remembered today thanks to the involvement of Canadians in old-time radio. This is Devin Wilkins speaking.